Hello, and welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the Yerky Boys. Boys. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm mad at you. Yeah, well, that's because you're just grumpy today. (laughs) I want it to be known. I decided I'm going to make it known at the top of the show (laughs) that uh, I'm mad uh-huh. And uh, that you are uh-huh. ruining the podcast. Uh-huh. No. You're... No. It's... If, if, just when everyone listens to this episode uh-huh. and, and thinks about, oh, that one just felt bad for some reason, It's that's why. <laughs> it's because of him. No. No. You you just need to, to look harder at what you've done here. Reminds me of Rafiki in The Lion King. There's a part where... Um, Simba's looking into the oh the, the oh pod. okay yeah he, because I said look harder yeah he goes look that's why harder okay <laughs> yeah that's a reasonable reason to be reminded of Rafiki yeah well you need to watch it because that all started to put me in a better mood but now it's on thin ice because you're not responding to it correctly hmm <laughs> I mean I do like the Lion King look I'm gonna try to put everything aside everyone uh-huh. will see as we go. Uh-huh. How this uh-huh. goes today. John just, he doesn't like how it's, I uh, organized the chapters. He's being it's gonna weird be fine. about it. I'm not He's being dumb. weird. I'm not being weird. And that's rude. And it's, I'm, I'm putting, I'm, I'm being the bigger person and putting that aside. And we're going to, all right, ahead well, with the then episode. let's put it aside. I didn't even bring it. You were the one who brought it. So it's your job to put it aside. That's it because I think, I, in the interest of transparency, <laughs> I respect the listeners and I believe they deserve to hear this. Okay, okay. Well, uh, fine. I, I, I do think they deserve to hear this, so I'll, I'll give you that part. <laughs> yes, if you're listening to this, this is what you deserve to hear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have no one to blame but themselves, so... No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Uh, so what are we so doing today? We're reading book nine, The Secret. Um, So, uh, there was a thing... I don't know if, if uh, I, I guess I'll just bring this up now. So, so earlier in, because this is a Cassie book, um, earlier in uh, the other episodes, you had said, you know, everybody's got their thing, but I don't know that Cassie has their thing or has her thing. Um, do you think reading this book that you see Cassie's thing or, uh, because I, I was thinking about it and I was like, no, I think Cassie does have a thing. Um, already established. Um, so I'm, I'm curious if you've moved forward on that, because if not, then I will talk about what I think her thing is. And if you do, <laughs> then we can talk about it as it comes up in the book. Well, let's, we should reiterate what the things. Yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is Please just, do. was just my, uh, shorthand for a, some sort of a personal stake or vested interest in the, in the Yerk invasion that mm-hmm. goes beyond just, wanting the yurks to go away because they're mean right some something that relates to them them personally such as marco's mom or jake's brother yes um and uh i i do think i i think what i thought cassie's thing was in this book yeah uh it's interesting you know we've talked we've talked before about the titles of some of these books and how uh, you know, like the encounter, for instance, 
Yes. Doesn't really mean I, anything. I am curious what you think the secret is because I'm not sure. <laughs> well, in this one, I actually thought uh, it was it was fair. It was more straightforward. I understood. Okay. And I, maybe I won't give it away. Well, maybe we'll talk about it as the book goes on. But I did yeah. find that reading it, the secret, it did help me in almost every aspect of my life: money, health, relationships, <laughs> happiness. Uh, honestly, just about oh, yeah. every interaction that I have in the world. I found that I through Cassie and through myself, I began to understand the hidden, untapped power that's mm. within me. Now, see, I see the problem here, which is that mm. I, I warned you about this stumble last time, but I didn't do it on air. I did it after the podcast. I warned you about making sure you read the correct... I don't usually listen here. to you unless it's on the podcast. Right. Yeah, I should have on the podcast made it very clear which the secret you were supposed to read, because I think think uh for so did this book the secret have a girl turning into a wolf on the cover no no okay i think you might have got the wrong one here oh did i accidentally read oh yeah i read a different the secret (laughs) yeah you know i keep i went to the bookstore and i specifically said (laughs) Mm -hmm. i want the secret and that's went what, to a, what they gave an me. actual physical bookstore. Yeah, I went to I went wow. to a Walden Books. I went wow. to a B Dalton, and I uh, said I want the secret. Like I was very specific. And that's what they gave me. So, yeah, that's, that's a bookstore. Yeah, well, you know, that's not relevant. We're talking about Cassie's thing. <laughs> okay, well, besides besides all of that and uh, the wrong book that I read, um. <laughs> I don't, first of all, no, I don't think there's a secret in this book. And second of all, I kind of maybe have a sense of what Cassie's thing might be, but I feel like it's on a slightly different plane than the other ones I mentioned. Okay. But I, but you can try to characterize um, it. Well, I mean, let me, let me talk about what I think her thing is from at least the books leading up to this, which is, uh, it is, I mean, it, Cassie's an environmentalist, right? This is Cassie's thing is that it's it's about like the entirety of the world. It's about uh, all of the other animals. It's about all of the environment. And I think this really the the point where this is is like made a thing is in the end of book four, where Axe says the Yurks aren't just going to kill the humans; they're going to kill every single species other than the ones that they specifically need. They're going to destroy everything on Earth and make it look like the Yurk homeworld and like. This really, like, hammers it in for Cassie. Cassie has a much more, like, large-scale, holistic view of the whole conflict. Like, like to her, the idea of the natural world, the idea of the environment and all these other animals is very important. So beyond just the Yerks are going to come and they're going to conquer us and whatever, um, I feel like she, in some sense, feels like she is fighting, I don't know, for Mother Earth, maybe? in a way. Um, She says things to that extent multiple times from that point forward. Um, And, you know, that that might have been a little bit relevant to The Stranger as well uh, with um, The Elemist. Um, Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. And I I Uh think that that uh, that is an aspect of Cassie that we will definitely explore. Yes, as we as we get into this, I guess it's maybe you know I'm I'm being too restrictive in my definition of what a quote unquote thing is. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, 
you know, it still feels like, I mean, it, Cassie has made it her thing because she feels it's a, it's a, it's a movement or something like that, that she feels uh-huh. very strongly about that affects her more deeply than, than the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's just not as, I mean, maybe it's just because it's hard for me to relate to it. Cause it's not like about a, it's, it's much less. Yeah. It's more uh, ephemeral. Is that the right word? Like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not a person, you know, it's, it's like a concept. It's, it's a, it's a it's yeah. a much larger sort of uh, idea than than the other ones, which are very, uh, I guess you could say, low concept versus high concept, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe put a pin in that because there's a specific point where Jake almost calls Cassie out on like kind of exactly what you're talking about. Like, there's a difference between this more ephemeral idea and something very specific and personal. Um, and and for Cassie to have her thing be more, I, I, we can. I think we can discuss that in more depth when we get to that point in this book. Um, I also, though, think that Cassie's goals kind of shift. Uh, and we see that um, in, like, begin in this book. Um, because I think that she starts off, uh, I guess I'll just say this now, but she starts off with the much more environmentalist thing. But as the series goes on, she's going to shift more and more toward like her personal goal she's more concerned with like saving her own soul in a way you know that that like you start off with this idea of like oh save the world protect the animals and then move into like how do i continue to be a good person right this doesn't seem like a possible goal yeah yeah i i I will say this without about mm -hmm. trying to be a little vague about my feelings about this book but i yeah through through that development in this book specifically i think i at different times reading this both liked cassie or was i don't know about liked but found her a more compelling character in this book due to her growth and also maybe was more annoyed by her in this book than other any other time yeah <laughs> yeah i went back and forth in this book it was a little uh, yeah, I, ha- I had mixed feelings about it. Yeah, Cassie is a very divisive uh, character for Animorphs fans, for sure. There's a lot of people who just can't stand Cassie, and a lot of people who, like, really like Cassie. Um, and I... Nerds, I, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think they're all nerds, but... <laughs> no, no, the ones who stand Marco are cool kids. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's fair. No, I, I um... I've definitely gone back and forth on Cassie myself. Uh, you know, as a kid, I was much more annoyed by her. And then, like, I I feel like I understood her a little bit better. And then I got annoyed at her again. It's like, a, you know, in my 20s. And I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm much more on the side of, like, I, I, I'm, like, with Cassie, like, right now, at this point in my life. Explains a lot about why I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. I also want no, to say another thing, which is that if you are an Axe fan, that means you're probably like a stoner dude. Okay. Hmm. I just that uh, could be, or you could be a fascist. <laughs> Either one. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I yeah. feel like we should. I feel like we should. It's enough preamble, don't you think? Yeah. No, I, I think so too. Because because most of this stuff is going to be, you know, uh, the we'll one thing I did want to say later. about. 
this book is that there's just going in so people are ready. I feel like there's not that much plot to this book. It's it's mm-hmm. much more about like thematically what's going on. And my memories of this book are they reflect that. Like there's a lot of different bits in here where I'm like, yeah, I remember they did that. Yeah, I remember they did that. Uh, what book was that? I don't know. What was going on? I don't know. Uh, so as you go through it, I'm trying to like piece together which scenes are from this one and which ones. So, um, yeah. but yeah, um, let's start with the cover here. <laughs> start with the cover. Cassie becoming a wolf. Mm-hmm. Boy, girl becomes wolf, wolf becomes man. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now, it's a very uh, nice and regal looking wolf. I like his uh, stocky face or her stocky face. Yeah. Cassie yeah, it is, is a female uh, a wolf. wolf. Yeah, the, yeah. The, it's really, it's the second <laughs> stage of the morph on this cover that really haunts my <laughs> dreams. Oh yeah, I mean that's a pretty good uh, like wolf man or wolf girl. I like that her face is stretched. The other three basically just look like a wolf. They just get bigger. Yeah, but that is the weird one. Yeah. Now, as much as I like that, uh, there's another animal that Cassie morphs in this book. There sure um, is. Which is a skunk. Really got and robbed. The skunk. We got robbed because I uh, I don't think we have a skunk cover anywhere. And Cassie, I mean, she turns into a wolf every every battle. She could be a wolf on any book. <laughs> yeah, skunk wasn't going to sell books to kids. I guess. I guess not. We're in the first ten, so we got to do. Could the have cool been a termite animals. too. That's true. That's true. There's enough bug covers, though. (laughs) Yeah, too many. Yeah, no, it should have been a skunk. Uh, However, I do... At least we have the opportunity to make wolf shirts from the inside cover of this one. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Just looks mm -hmm. like Cassie in full-on wolf shirt mode. That's true. That this would make a good wolf shirt. (laughs) Yeah. I'll give you that. Cassie might wear a wolf shirt. I don't know. Uh, I think that's too stylish. I don't know. I feel like Cassie likes anime. I feel like she's going to join an anime club in high school. I feel like Cassie does not wear clothes with designs on them. I feel like she mostly wears plain colors with um, holes smeared with dirt. <laughs> Why hasn't Rachel whipped this girl into shape yet? Come on. She's tried. She's done her best. I mean, I mean, she's trying to take her to, to, to Banana Republic, and this girl's just eating bananas. Ah, ah, ah. Is that racist? <laughs> now it is since you said that. <laughs> Sorry, we'll, we'll we'll cut that from the episode now. No, no, no. Now, <laughs> all right. Let's 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 go. Start summarizing the book in the order you have chosen, please. All right, all right. What you don't like these co- these cover quotes? All right. Fine. Oh no, the uh, I mean they're not. The inside is what Little Red Riding Hood. What big teeth you have? Yeah. You don't like the outset, the no place to run, no place to hide. It reminds me of the uh, opening theme from the show. Wow. You remember that? Well, I don't, we're not there yet, so ask me in a year. Okay. Oh, and there's a postcard in mine in the yeah. middle oh, of the Oh, yeah. Book. Oh, actually, I, it is maybe worth saying, yeah, I read that, I read that that was, it says it's a tattoo, but it's a postcard. <laughs> is that oh. true? <laughs> uh, I don't. <laughs> or it said it somewhere. It says postcard inside on mine. Maybe it was but... uh, maybe it was something else. I don't know. It's on Seropedia. But maybe it is worth mentioning now. This uh, There are no more. The last book, uh, The Alien, was the final book that got a new and upgraded edition. 
in 2011 or whatever. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss the corrections. Yeah. So now, uh, now we are stuck with every non-hyphenated Spider-Man. It's that's our fate. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> there are multiple non-hyphenated Spider-Men in here. So that's just Spider's what it is. Man. Sad. They didn't. They didn't sell well enough. I feel like we could almost try to do an episode about those revisions, but I don't think we're gonna. But yeah. <laughs> Who could, knows? There Maybe could be more we'll to discuss not there. Be... Or maybe we'll be uh, like we could we could have more discuss. We could also just be like we are so done with this series. It's time to leave. So. <laughs> yeah, but it's not time to leave uh, the secret. So what's the what's the secret? <laughs> the secret. All right. So in chapter one, uh, Cassie is working on a science makeup project after school, uh, and she has a rat running a maze. Um, but the rat won't run the maze, and she doesn't know why. So uh, Rachel convinces her to morph a rat to see what the problem is. And um, Cassie makes um, Rachel come along with her for some reason. I'm, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Moral support, I guess. So whatever. They both turn into rats. Uh, Cassie realizes that her rat can't run the maze because uh, it can't smell the food because it's downwind from the fan and all that. Um, but while they're rats, these two boys come into the classroom and they um, start smashing up Cassie's uh, maze for fun and I guess trying to kill her rat. Um, <laughs> kind of fucked up. But uh, Cassie and Rachel run up the boys' pant legs and scare them off and they go running off and hooray. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I love about this opening scene? Mm-hmm. The stakes have never been lower. That's true. <laughs> A rat might die here. A rat might die if only one of them remained as a human. <laughs> right? And the whole situation could have been avoided. Yeah, like were their clothes just lying on the floor because they can't pick up after themselves because there's no humans. Yeah, they like, must what? have been. There is no reason for Rachel to join her in this rat. In fact, it it seems worse. Like, wouldn't you yes. want her to be observing this? It's Yeah, I... I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It's a terrible decision. I I did at least like that it felt like some more classic puzzle-solving adventure game action mm. of, like, you know, oh, you have to figure out why this rat doesn't work. Oh, the fan. Yeah. We have to figure out where's the switches to the fan or something. <laughs> oh, uh, Cor- Courtney the rat, by the way. Her, the rat's name is Courtney. Courtney, yes. Important. I don't know. Is that – maybe that's Courtney Love. I feel like every animal has a 90s name <laughs> for reference. <laughs> It could be. Uh, Courtney's a pretty 90s sounding name. It is. And you do get a little, we start off early with the, with the Cassie moralizing. Like right away, she's like, I feel sort of bad about uh, being this rat. What if Courtney sees me? Then she'll be scared and I'm a bad person for being a rat. It's like, you know, they're, they're really trying to let you know what this book's going to be about. (laughs) Yeah. Cassie's got some issues and she's working through them. She's trying to figure out. (laughs) I did think uh, reading mm -hmm. this that uh, just uh, real quick, Rachel and Cassie reminded me a little of Helga and Phoebe from Hey Arnold. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i could see it i could see it i mean R- rachel's really good. more of a, a ronda but yes that's true but cassie's definitely a phoebe for all the hey arnold heads out there you know what i'm talking about phoebe's too neat uh hmm. but 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 yeah personality wise she is kind of a phoebe yeah <laughs> yeah. Now I also want to talk about these boys here. Um <laughs> you always do. 
Cassie, I mean, not Cassie, but uh, the, the thing is, um, like, randomly killing small animals uh, when you're a kid, that's like a red flag for being a serial killer. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. Like, what? it's one thing to come in and break up somebody's project for fun. That's like sociopath behavior, but all kids are sociopaths. It's another thing to be all like, yeah, the rat, kill it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are some you know 80s movie horrible bullies <laughs> that are like worse yeah. than any actual bully <laughs> they're not even bullying anyone they're just they're yeah. bu- they're just bullying rats they're they're just looking for something to kill <laughs> <laughs> yeah these are some troubled kids look they probably have a a rough home life i guess yeah maybe they're like Tobias types they must be this this is there but for the grace of god go he yeah, maybe they maybe they want to be uh, turn into rats and live as rats. Um, that's a, that's a modest mouse song. Uh, Life as a rat, mm. live as a rat, or something. Anyway, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I I don't know. There's more. I, I, I we could just move on. <laughs> yeah, we could. I mean, I, I I do. I am questioning also though because I did want to bring it up, although. It's the sort of thing that I feel like I wish was more important throughout the series. It is important, but it, it's not as important as it could be. Uh, Cassie is looking at a D in this class. Um, and I, I do have to wonder, they, the boys come in, they smash the maze. Courtney gets away and is like loose in the school. I guess she lives on the walls now. So does this mean Cassie's just getting a D in science class? <laughs> Something to chew on. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I do like every time they're just like, my parents are mad because my grades are bad because I uh, I spend all my time fighting Yerks now and not doing homework. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's sort of the reason my grades were bad when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Same. That's what I always told my parents. Anyway. There are some weird little... Uh, I, I notice a lot of times when they morph, they frequently will refer to the attractiveness or lack of attractiveness. Oh. <laughs> As Rachel says, that is not an attractive tale. I mean, I'm a mm. rat, and I still think it looks bad. So I, this is her trying to um, prescribe what personas are okay, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, she talk, they also talk about how like people just think rats aren't cute because of their tails or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Rats are cute, yeah, by the way, for the record. They are cute. I agree. Um, but yeah, I, she brings up how how people like squirrels because of their tails, but not rats. There's also a, she's okay if you're if you're a squirrel furry, but <laughs> not a rat. Yeah, well, like a slappy squirrel or mm, a Sally mm-hmm. Acorn from the Sonic comics. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> they know what we're talking about. <laughs> Just be, be be careful. There, there, there's man. also uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to dwell on it cuz I'm mature but there is a lot of talk <laughs> about the smelling of nuts in this chapter so I just wow. I don't know. I just so, it didn't that one didn't occur to me. <laughs> yeah, oh, well right. I mean neither me either. Okay, but okay. they sure do. They sure do mention nuts and whether or not they can smell them a lot. So, well, okay, okay, good. I'm glad you took notice of that. I'm glad you brought that point up. That would have eluded me. Well, I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure we did not focus on it. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, let's not focus on it then. I guess. Yeah, I'd rather not. All right. I guess we could get into the the plot here. <laughs> Of the book, <laughs> not the stupid intro. Will we? Okay, we'll, we'll see. Let's see what that is. We'll see. Well, okay, so the first chunk, and 
This one I did okay with you, so you you can't yell at me about this. Continue. So, uh, so they they all meet up in the barn. Um, there is a logging company. Tobias and Axe have found, and it is getting ready to start work uh, up back in the national forest behind Cassie's house. And Cassie's like immediately upset because like how could they be logging in a national forest? Nobody else cares about this. Uh, the problem is that uh, the headquarters of this logging operation is protected by a force field, and they all have guards with automatic weapons. Um, the Yerks, this is Yerks, right? It must be Yerks. So they're, they're, they figure out they're out logging to try to destroy habitat, right? Because they know the Andalites, their Andalites must be feeding somewhere, so if we destroy all the habitat, they can't feed. Um, so literally that same night, the Animorphs go in, try to check it out as wolves, uh, but the Yerks see them. There's a whole fight. They're, like, shooting at them. They're dropping nets and stuff. So then they all come back, like, whoops, I uh, guess we almost died. <laughs> right? Like, they have the conversation, and then they do this, and then they pop back, and it just feels like not that much has happened. Um, but they assess what to do next, and, they, and they're wondering, like, how did they get permission, right, to log in the forest? Uh, this shouldn't be allowed. So, all right, we, we come back to where we were before they ran into the building, which is, uh, we have to get inside that building and infiltrate it to see who is, like, what's up? How are they going to get this permission, right? So, <laughs> I just sped through about 50 pages of the book here. This feels like the point you would be at at, like, the 20-page mark in most books, right? Like, it, it's just instead of sitting down and talking about, okay, we got to infiltrate and figure out how to do, how to get permission to do this. They threw an action scene in the middle as well. Yeah, this is, uh, this is really getting into Star Wars, the Phantom Menace territory of trade disputes that the subject of this book now is how they got permission from city hall <laughs> to, to log in the forest. <laughs> it's not the most thrilling setup for now, a book. To be fair, uh, the actual plot of this book has about as much to do with that as Star Wars The Phantom Menace had to do with <laughs> trade disputes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't come up uh, so much. I mean, there are a few uh, tidbits here. I don't know. I feel like this is – maybe it's not. I feel like this is the first time it's at least focused on that there's force field technology that the Yerks have. Yeah. I mean, we have had shields, like, on their ships, so I guess it's the same principle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how often they use force fields. They come up with a better way to keep the uh, the Animorphs out in a later book, somewhere in the teens, and we'll just see that going forward um, hmm. once Kay Applegate thinks of, thinks what it is. Um, but right now, I guess they're using force the fields. Kids hate broccoli. Mm. <laughs> and I do, I like that the Yerks are being proactive here. Mm -hmm. They're 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 the actors. They're the ones saying, "Look, we have a problem with these anamorphs. <laughs> we need to let's take them. Why, why do we keep waiting around for them to mess with our shit? Let's try to stop them first. Let's take preventive pre preventative preventative measures." Yeah. So that's you know yeah, no, they're that's being nice. they're, yeah that's uh you know it's showing a lot of uh, ingenuity and good planning skills on their part. <laughs> So I respect yeah. those Yerks. What can I say? We will see going forward a lot more just like Yerk plot of the weeks, you know. Um, now, and this is one of the failures of the 
like episodic format. I don't, maybe it's not a failure. Maybe it's fine. Um, but like the, the, it does start coming up where you, you start saying, okay, so this, this plan is a good plan actually, right? If we can destroy, like they have to live somewhere if we can destroy that. So, you know, if the Animorphs beat them at the end and stop them from logging the forest, like they just, I guess they just go away. I guess we can't log, we can't, uh, mess up that forest. No point in trying to do that anymore. Um, like why, <laughs> Why don't we have a bunch more books where they just keep trying to do this? Well, plan? it's the it's the Wiley Coyote problem, right? <laughs> when I, I you know he I always think he he tries to catch the Roadrunner, but then the Roadrunner tricks him. It's like, well, now you know, just try it again, and this time don't fall for his trick. But he's like, no, no, I'm going to buy a completely different invention this time. Yeah, that's true. It's that's the that's <laughs> just that always. Always frustrated me. Uh, yeah, it's the because they need to. It would be boring if every book was we tried it again. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but you're, but yeah, you're right. It's it is a logical gap a little bit. Yeah, and then like I said, I don't know that that's a problem exactly. It's just like inherent to the because if it if this was an arc, then you would it would be fine to fill a bunch of books with this but because it's like a one shot one shot one shot you're right it would be boring to see the same one shot over and over so screw that uh yeah that's just how it is yeah this could be you know this could be a half a season of tv is there they keep fighting in <laughs> against bureaucracy to get their permits <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i wouldn't hate that as much as i should <laughs> yeah probably, um, probably not now, I do like, and I said I think this is a good plan. I really like that, uh, and, and it fits well with Cassie's environmentalist shtick, that the destruction of habitat thing is an actually meaningful targeted attack. You know, this idea of, like, we've got the evil, it's very Captain Planet-esque, right? The evil <laughs> logging company. But then but then it's, like, a real threat, you know? They're, they're going to go off and destroy habitat. I like that. It's, it's um... Like, even with all the Andalite advanced tech and alien stuff, it turns out if you destroy the environment, um, that's, you know, with all your technological might, like, screw you, you still die to environmental destruction. A, a sobering warning about climate change, if I may. It's, you may. Okay. You may. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of Fern Gully. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you get reminded of all these good things. I like being reminded of things. What can I say? Uh, yeah, no, it's yeah, it makes sense that they're doing it. It just happens to coincide with Cassie's issues. But uh, the Yurks, well, the Yurks don't care. They're going to wreck the planet anyway. Actually, the Yurks probably would be much better for Earth than humans. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. I, I mean, feel like humans are going to kill kill themselves off long before we mess up the Earth as bad as the Yurks want. Well, to. there's fewer Yurks, and they so they <laughs> wouldn't produce as m many like as much garbage and gas emissions and things like that. Probably. Yeah, and, I mean, if it weren't for the fact that they explicitly want to kill everything, that's right? Helping them, then yeah, they probably would be. That's yeah. I guess that, yeah. Right. There's that. <laughs> There is that minor detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. A couple other dumb notes. Uh, we, yeah. Well, there is confirmation. We were not sure about the cover of the last book. The, there's confirmation here. Maybe we've had it before, but it was specific that Axe's tail can definitely go over his head. Like, they definitely mm, shortened yeah. it for the cover of that book. Yeah, okay. Yes, I do remember that. 
Or at least, I don't know if it was Axe specifically, or was, was Visser 3 in this scene? Maybe it was the Visser. I don't remember, but they, they mentioned uh, Andalite. No, Visser 3 wasn't here yet. Okay, then, I, then it was Axe, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that's that's nice that's nice to have. And uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. That was my note. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of just, uh, like, random unimportant stuff that happens that's kind of fun. We find out that Tobias often visits Rachel's room at night, Cassie says, for example. Right? Like, it's not <laughs> hmm. just, like, he's in there, like, watching TV and stuff with her, like, I guess every night or something. Yeah. So that's mm. fun. That's pretty fun. Um, yeah. We get... Oh, we get a list of all Cassie's barn animals, if you'd like to know all the animals in her barn being treated right now. I feel like I can know that from the past. I know there's ospreys, there's hedgehogs, probably. There's a... No, none of those are on uh, here. Well, I think the ospreys whatever. healed. Whatever. She's got, she's got a raccoon, a fox, two wolves, a handful of various bats, <laughs> a really cool porcupine, a pair of jackrabbits, a deer mauled by a bear, several doves, a goose... A swan signet, a whole group of assorted gulls, a beautiful red-winged blackbird, and a barn owl. Boy. So you like all those animals. How about this? And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. That even with all the birds. I wonder how Tobias feels about partridges. I'm sure he fucking hates them. <laughs> he probably does. Um, there was also another mention of earth movers in this chapter. <laughs> I just wanted to point mm-hmm. that out. That was right. I remember earlier that. earlier book. I was confused about earth movers. Yeah, yeah. But now yeah. I know. It's good. Now I know. Uh, and there's some fun there's good, stuff yeah. where uh, Cassie doesn't like Marco, we found out. Yeah, Cassie and Marco have kind of an argument about all her environmental stuff in here. Um, like, I, I will say, <clears throat> it's it's reasonable to get mad about someone, like, caring more about animals than people. <laughs> but it, it really feels like in this chapter, Marco's kind of upset that Cassie is even upset by this. Like, Cassie's like, how could they be logging in the forest? And Marco's like, shut the fuck up. Who cares? It's not important. <laughs> yeah, I love Marco. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I did also appreciate, like, uh, it's uh, Cassie makes, like, a good point uh, about about them getting permission and blah, blah, blah. And uh, after the argument, and Jake turns to Marco and he's like, now see, this is why Cassie's a nicer person than you, right? Because she could have been snarky and rude (laughs) about how she said that. Yeah. Fucking bros before hoes, Jake. Come on. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You're right. You're right. Anyway. But yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is not really the heart of the book. Uh, now, now, what happens next is leading into the heart this of the book, the heart, it turns right out. This is the heart right here. Yeah, 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 Because yeah. um, after all this, I, I guess it's, oh no, I think it's the same night. Um, Cassie, the, she comes home. Cassie's dad uh, needs her help uh, because he got a call from, I don't remember if it's park services or what. They, they get calls about injured animals. There's an injured animal on the side of the road. It's a skunk, um, and it's been badly burned. And he needs Cassie because Cassie's so, so good with animals, and also he is scared of skunks. Yeah, her dad does not like skunks because he got sprayed. Um, so Cassie's got to help him get this skunk. When they get there, Cassie looks at the burn on this injured skunk, and she realizes it's been burned by a Dracon beam. Uh, and it must have been burned in when they ran out to... 
and fought the Yerks that, that I just want to, sorry to interrupt, I just want to be cl- cl- clarify, was it a handheld Dracon beam, do you know? Almost certainly. Okay. Right? I would think if it was like a cannon, the thing would have just... Right, right. Exploded. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. All right, continue. Continue, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so so the next day, you know, she and her dad are are hanging out and talking about the... I guess not hanging out, but they're talking about the skunk, and the dad says... That the skunk uh, has kits, it has little baby skunks, um, and uh, it seems pretty clear that these baby skunks are going to die if um, if their mom isn't there because she's in the barn healing. So Cassie acquires the skunk uh, with the idea that at some point she's going to try to find these babies and help keep them alive. So, you remember... Whatever book that was, when I said put a pin in an important skunk. Yeah, I've got it. I got the post-it note right here. Important skunk. I, th- I I'm wondering if this is the same skunk that Cassie saw in that book. I mean, it better be, otherwise I shouldn't have had this post-it note. <laughs> right? <laughs> Aren't you happy that I said put a pin in that skunk? Yeah, I mean, it really paid off. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Because now we have a skunk. I was real excited. I was like, there's a, sk- oh, there's a skunk. It's the skunk. <laughs> it's the skunk. Yeah. It's the skunk. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel, this feels like it is continuing the, the thread from Megamorphs. I, am I, I, I'm, unless I'm misremembering this. It, wasn't there also a subplot in there where Cassie felt pretty guilty about getting people hurt through her planning? Yes. Yeah, and that was also in book four. In book four, she didn't like, uh, you know, it was like, oh, I'm I'm hearing the messages, so I have to mm. decide if we're going to go out and investigate them, but I don't want to make that decision, because if people get hurt, it'll be my fault. Okay, yeah, so and, consistent yeah, and theme she did there. That. Yeah, yeah. She did it where? Cassie does do some of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's guilty. Now, yeah, she's guilty. She does feel, Cassie feels very guilty. Uh about a lot of She's things. She's an anxious little thing. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I guess you could put it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I, I, so here's here's uh, my next question. They mentioned, Cassie's dad mentions that he's meeting with the board of the Dudette Cat Food Corporation. Yes. You think that's a reference to Dude the Cat? I was wondering what is up with k applegate and cats named dude or variants thereof and she must have maybe had a cat in real life named dude maybe that's yeah you think or like maybe she knew a cat named dude yeah it's consistent yeah it seems that's too much of a coincidence Uh, now i don't know if she had a cat named fluffer mckitty (laughs) (laughs) but uh oh boy you know i have real life experience with with skunks but i don't know if this is the time to talk about it (laughs) Hmm. Interesting. Well, I want to hear. Do you have a good story here about skunks? Uh, I could probably tell it in a way that makes it good, but I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I want to hear it. The long and short of it is, this happened just uh, like last year, like in the last six months or so. Wow. Yeah, I was staying at my sister's house, and they have a a small dog. He's one of those dachshunds. Yeah. And he got sprayed by a skunk while I was there. <laughs> and it was oh, man. like five in the morning. I was asleep on the, on a couch and my brother-in-law is taking the dog out in the backyard and I'm barely awake and the entire house just hears screaming. 
<laughs> and uh, it was just uh, this poor dog because he got sprayed like in the face too. Mm-hmm. So he had to get like eye drops and everything, you know, and he was like out in the garage and like clearly <laughs> it was it was very sad. Like I felt so bad for him <laughs> and it was just chaos the whole day and everything. They were like freaking out and buying everything they could to try to get rid of the smell. So uh, I could really I could really relate to the to the skunk spraying talk in this book. <laughs> that's good I'm, I'm glad i'm glad that that struck a chord with you it did it did it's uh, i can't say the chord sounded that good <laughs> mm. uh. now now would you say <laughs> would you say that that skunk acted like a kid with a shotgun it did a little bit yeah i would say that because there was a there was a part in this chapter where cassie described um trying to to calm the skunk down as she said it was like i was going to grab a little kid armed with a shotgun which just like (laughs) i just was thinking jesus christ was this written in 2023 what kind of kindergarten shooting are you thinking about here with this (laughs) oh it's not too soon for that right did something else happen it's always too yeah it's always it's always too soon so it's fine. Yeah, that's a pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, I mean, I, I I did note that Cassie sure seems to want to fuck cousin Philip. Oh yeah, I mean everybody. Does. I don't Let's remember be real about this. now, but and also I feel like this is a reflection of it's kind of a, an act of narcissism to be attracted to your own DNA in another person. <laughs> this feel it's a little like base acts basically in his morph of all their human DNA kind of could be any of their cousins. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, what you wouldn't you wouldn't fuck a a, a girl version of yourself? <laughs> well, we're I, we're not going to get into that, but okay. <laughs> she calls him a strikingly handsome boy, and then later says male, but sort of pretty in a weird way. <laughs> mm. Kind of a femboy type. Yeah, he's a little he's a little androgynous. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just wanted to say, she wants to fuck him. Yeah, I I wonder how long we're gonna keep getting descriptions of characters wanting to fuck X. I don't remember if it's continuous or if at a certain point they just expect you to know that. There are a lot of. I don't know if this was K Applegate. You know, assuming this is what middle schoolers talk about when they talk about other people, but there's almost always at least one mention of how cute or beautiful one of the other people is. <laughs> mm. If not multiple of them. It's just Yeah. I I could see it. I could see middle schoolers being like, oh, they're cute or whatever. Because I guess that kind of determines your popularity it's at that stage here. <laughs> yeah. Middle schoolers are weird and fucked up though. <laughs> That's 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 most of what I remember about being that age was just like that's that's when the most evil sociopathic people exist is is at that age. You're at your worst when you're at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Now you notice I I'm I've started talking about the mall here. Yes, which is uh I don't not necessarily in the order you would prefer I talk about things. <laughs> I mean, we can we can move into it here. It's just I wanted to talk about the skunk, and then I was like, we can talk about the mall. Sure, but there's then there's also this thing about the termites. We haven't even gotten to the termites yet. 
Yeah, 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 because that's gonna, that's, we'll move forward with the termites when we get to them. Okay. This is, this is what he's upset about, because Cassie saves the skunk, and then they go to the mall and talk about furthering the plot, and then we come back and Cassie finds out the skunk has kits. Right. And I'm just like, why don't we just talk about the skunk stuff? And then talk about the mall stuff. And John doesn't like it because the chapters are out of order. Yeah, I just think it makes more sense to speak about it chronologically. So, that's all. All right, well, whatever. We're basically done. Uh, other than the fact that, once again, uh, Cassie's dad is very funny, I think. I like how dadly he is. <laughs> well, she she remarks upon him being someone thinking he's hilarious. Jake thinks he's really funny. Yeah, <clears throat> I think he's really funny, too. Oh, and we get a callback about Cassie's dad. Uh, do you remember? Because they talk about his truck. Oh, yes. About how, yeah, he loved his truck, but then somebody stole it and wrecked it, and he's very upset about that. He doesn't know what happened other than it got stolen and wrecked. And he's very grumpy about the <laughs> fact that he had to buy a new truck. Uh, although she mentions he likes that the new truck has a CD player in it, but that's the only thing he likes about it. <laughs> yeah, they don't say what CD he's listening to in the CD player. That's true. But I, I, I like the idea that his truck is so old that a CD player is, is new tech for it, even... I mean, I guess Actually, it was the 90s. Actually, yeah, that was that's true. maybe fairly new. It, like, that was the era yeah, of I guess the 5-CD, five 5-disc five changer in the trunk. That's what we had. Yeah. Yeah. You had to stop the car to go put <laughs> a different CD in. <laughs> uh, I just like his attachment to his old truck. I think it's good and dadly. Yeah, I mean, I, there's, I have another fun note about Cassie's dad. It comes later, but since it thematically ties into what we're saying right now, I think I should bring it up here. And uh, that's... Yeah, I mean, we don't... No, yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's I think it's, it's the best yeah, way to I, do it. Yeah, I agree. I, you're right, that's what I'm saying. It's the best way to do it. Uh, we find out the sound that Cassie's dad makes when he's examining something interesting. <laughs> he goes, hmm, hmm, pa, 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 hmm. Pa, hmm, pa, pa. I, I I read pa. it as it's a P A H. I read it as a pa. pa, 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 pa. He goes pa, 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 pa. So that's what he does. This is the best part of the podcast. <laughs> we just make that noise over and over. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, pa, 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 pa. We'll release a two-hour episode that's just us doing that. Yeah. All right. Carry on. All right. Well, they're gonna. So they they meet up at the mall. Uh, <laughs> Which happened in the middle of the skunk stuff, uh, but they're they're they are going to discuss furthering the plot here. So Tobias has seen termite holes in the wood on the headquarters, um, and that should help them get through the force field, right? If they morph termites, they can use the termites to get through that force field, which they weren't able to do before. So they're gonna try termites, uh, even though they they're a little similar to ants, mm -hmm. right? So Cassie. Uh, the, none of them are happy. Cassie's kind of having like a mini panic attack over being one in this uh, bit right here. Um, so, yeah, so they decide to do this. And I don't know how much you had to say about the mall. That was, I said all I had to say. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Um, so they do. They acquire the termites. <laughs> and uh, then they they fly out there as owls, having acquired the termites. Again, you know, I feel like they should be testing these termites, especially since they know how bad ants are, mm. right? Yeah. 
because I don't know, a lot of things in this book are like they find something out and then the same night they just go out and and do it. No, whatever. Um, but while they're flying out as owls that night, Cassie is using the opportunity to look for the skunk kits because she knows the owl will be able to hear them. Um, and she hears them, so she's trying to, like, note the location down. She doesn't tell anybody about these skunks. Um, so they get there, and they figure one of them's going to have to make a distraction so the others can go in. Um, so they draw straws. Jake gets the short one, so Jake is not going in with them. So Jake turns into a wolf and is giving them a runaround while the others morph termites to go in. Um, so... I mean, this this really is coming back to that thing that you were saying with Cassie being, or, or from Megamorphs, with Cassie being, like, afraid um, to take risks, but then also being willing to do it, but thinking of, of herself as a coward. Because uh, in the scene where Jake is saying, one of us will have to be a distraction, he's kind of looking at Cassie, like, I bet you want to do it, here's your out. Right. right? And they only draw straws because Cassie isn't going to do that. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to be the one who takes the easy, well, it's not that she doesn't, it's not that she doesn't, she's afraid people will think she's weak or something, she just doesn't want to be responsible for someone else getting hurt or taking the more dangerous route, although I don't really understand why one of these is seen as safer, other other than, you know, termites are horrible to morph into, it seems like there's just as much risk (laughs) to the, being the distraction. Yeah, no, that does seem true, uh, but I think that they're all just, like, traumatized by bugs. Yeah, clearly don't want to do the ants fucked these kids up. <laughs> oh, yeah, the ants did really fuck and them I up. And I really it's... like that, of all the things that have happened to them, it's not the Yerks that yeah. caused the most psychological harm to them. It's it's just plain-ass ants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, no, I, I think everyone who read this series remembers that fact <laughs> I think every every adult's just like yeah ants are fucked up yeah yeah there's no uh nothing that these yurks can do that is as horrible as just what an ant does every day in the normal world <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's really it's really good now I, I did it, I mean this is. Are we about to get to the termite scene? Basically. Uh yeah, basically. Unless you have anything else you want to say about, because there, you know, there's just like a couple points here. But yeah, we are about to get to the termite. Yeah. Scene. So I get most of my stuff. I think is like during or post termite morph. But I there was you know this changes quickly. But there was a part right away where Cassie says something about uh, like worrying about morphing into termites or something and i thought okay so cassie wants me to feel bad for a termite now that's that's what i'm expected to start feeling pity for is a mm-hmm. termite like i'm not yeah, going I, along with this <laughs> so I, i'm not gonna lie i have i feel like about as, hopefully time-wise this isn't true but it feels like i have about as much to say about the next 15 or so pages as I have about the 80 or so pages leading up to this point. <laughs> so, and I feel like that, like, cause this, this next part is this next little bit here is really the heart of the story. It turns out. Yeah. I mean, um, structurally this book is, I, I, I maybe oh, we can wait till the, the wrap up, but it's, yeah, uh, we, yeah sure. it's, it's a little all over the place. 
<laughs> it definitely is. Uh, but yeah, the, I, we talk about the termites. They they morph termites. Uh, at first, there's no instincts whatsoever, right? Totally blank, nothing. It's it's weird because it's different than the ants, where like their ego was obliterated, or maybe they're resistant to it now. I don't know. But uh, so they they figure, all right, well, let's go uh, in. They find their way into the force field, um, uh, which is a little bit. The mechanics of that are a little weird, but whatever. Once they get close to the colony, they start acting like in accordance with the colony's needs and desires. And um, they eat some worker pulp with pheromones in it, because this is how they, they talk about it. It's kind of gross. Um, and the, it, like, chemically takes over their brains, and they begin to work for the colony like machines. Um, and Cassie regains consciousness of herself, but she doesn't regain control. So she's like a human aware of what's going on in her brain, but her body is just doing all of the termite actions. And she realizes it's the queen of the termite colony that has them under control. So she convinces her termite brain that the queen is an ant to get the termite brain to kill the queen. Um, and, and she murders the queen of the termite colony, right? And that releases them. So they're all free. Uh, the termites are, like, freaking out because they don't know what to do. And Cassie has an absolute meltdown, just complete meltdown, demorphs inside the wood, almost crushes herself to death. Um, fortunately, the room they're in when they demorph is empty. So, you know, <laughs> nobody's there, even though Cassie's, like, screaming and whatever. Very fortunate. Uh, so, yeah, very fortunate. So, but yeah, so Axe can do some snooping in here on the computer terminal. Um and uh, Axe learns some stuff that's relevant to the plot, like he puts in a back door and turns off, uh, and he turns off the outer defenses to the compound so they can leave. So they do. Um, what he actually learns, I feel like we can talk about later when it's more relevant, because right now we need to talk about the termites. Uh, but suffice it to say, the Yerks don't have final legal permission to be logging yet, and they are working on that goal. Right. So this is the heart of the book, which is that Cassie killed a bug and she feels bad. <laughs> okay. Well, it really, really sums it all up in a way that, <laughs> yeah, Cassie kills a bug yeah. and she feels bad. Yeah. Now, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the termites. Uh, uh, let's. Uh, you know, let, let's let's get this out <laughs> of the way first. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's a thing that I I hope you took note of uh-huh. before we get into the real deep termite shit. I might be looking at it. I'll see if I'm on the same page as you. Is uh, I previously remarked upon the fact that. Oh, by the way, we have an email about this. I'll save that for the end of the show. Ooh. No, don't get too excited. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, Axe says, mentions a comma on a page of the book. And I freaked out because I thought that was like a borderline, I mean, not fourth wall breaking because they do that all the time, but it felt like it felt like an acknowledgement that this was being printed and read by someone. And Cassie yes. does it again in this book. She doesn't say comma. But she says a termite is as long as any two or three letters on this page. Same, pretty much the same exact uh, device. Uh, 
but I don't know. It just the fact that it happens twice and it's, it wasn't just a one-off fluke. It I I wish I could stop bringing it up, but it it will bother me every time they do that. So I'm sorry. Mm, okay. Yeah. Here in my notes, it, it that is actually the first bullet point about this chapter, and it says, "Uh, you're just gonna have to get used to it, John." <laughs> I can't. I can't get used to it. <laughs> I want to know how are they. Oh, oh, are they printing these? Who do they think is reading them? <laughs> are these really at Borders Books? Like, what? What is the deal? It's straight. Maybe, maybe these are. They're they're written in the past tense, right? So maybe these are post uh, post war. I think that that does not make that sense. Somebody somebody <laughs> found their journals and went back in and edited them. Yeah. Yeah, these are these are being printed by Andalite Press. <laughs> okay, all right. These are the English translations of the Andalite. I don't really have anything the, new. The new high tech books. <laughs> right. This is the first book series. They've never seen anything this advanced. That's why they're so excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> that is also interesting in retrospect that. Axe comments on a comma when we later find out how amazing he thinks commas are, I guess, <laughs> in <laughs> printed form. Uh, anyway, I don't have anything new to say on this subject. I don't have any resolution. I, I just had to bring it up because it happened again. Now, let's yeah. talk about the termites. Termites are fucked up. Termites yes. are, in some ways, may- maybe maybe not as fucked up as ants, but I don't know. To me, maybe a little bit more or equally as disturbing in the way that they function. Uh, mm-hmm. th- it really, it really makes me reflect on, uh, like how horrifying insects just are when we have, <laughs> I, you know, I think of the xenomorphs in the alien series that are basically just bugs. Like the thing that's so horrifying mm-hmm. about the way they behave as a colony and everything that's, and the idea of like being subsumed into a non-thinking organism of many parts since all that is is just bugs like we the most yeah. horrifying thing we can imagine just exists everywhere on the planet <laughs> yeah it is it is funny that like in all of our like weirdest most out there sci-fi it's almost always just like oh this is just like the way that bugs are or the way that like deep sea animals are or yeah. something um the, there's so much weird fucked up alien shit on our own planet. We don't really have to make stuff up. We just can't conceive of anything more horrible than just bugs. They're like yurks are literally less horrifying than bugs, right? <laughs> like there's 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 bug parasites that like lay their like worm parasites that like lay their eggs in bugs and then the worms eat out the inside of the bug and they like literally there's o- there's like as much worm left in the bug as there was bug and then the worms control the bug's mind to make the bug jump into water so that they can then leave the bug to drown in the water and then go find other bugs like this is a real thing that really yeah. exists in the bug world it's yeah. way more fucked up than yours well, it's, it's like the um the the parasites in the last of us that make them zombies are, are, are just based on real life. How like there's this fungus that grows in an ant's brain, you know, and, yeah. and like takes control of them. It's, it's just, yeah, it's horrible. 
It's horrible. Or um, is that toxoplasmosis? Is that uh, it? The, that's the thing that, a, that you can get if you're a cat owner? Yeah, I don't have it. My cats are great, and I do. I love I, them and do whatever I they I actually say. don't think – you don't have the toxoplasmosis problem at, at any rate um, because, like, the, the, the thing that they found with this in humans is that, like, the whole point is that um, they – they uh, it actually comes from, from mice and – they like travel through cats as a vector. So having it makes you like engage, like they, it actively like fucks with your brain to make you engage in more risk seeking behavior because they need the mice to be riskier. So the cats can kill them. And they have done studies on humans, I believe, and found that humans with toxoplasmosis are more likely to engage in risk seeking behavior, which does not sound like you. But, like, <laughs> it's just one of those things that's like, Jesus, the, the parasites in the real world are so messed up. The yurks aren't even that messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And everything is wor- – who cares about yurks? They're no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, they're no big deal. Don't even worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> just go down to your local pool. It'll be fine. Well, can I just say it's unusually hot in 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 the East Coast right now. And I'm I can't have my fan on because it'll make noise, so I'm I'm a little bit dying. Mm, I'm sorry about that. It's actually not that hot outside, but it's still like hot in, in here. It's like 70 degrees, but it's it feels hot. It's not that hot. I know, but in I don't think I think that's that's the temperature outside. Mm. I'm saying I think it's okay, I think it's okay. warmer in here. Okay. That's all. I, well, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> so if you pass out midway through this recording, that'll be what's. It's going to get worse as we get into the. I don't know. Well, I guess I'll have anyway. We'll deal with that later. I will. I will keep the listeners informed as to the state of my comfort. Okay, good. Um, they need to know if you and if you stop responding, I'll call nine one one. Well, I have life alert, so it's okay. Um, okay. Now let's get into these termites. Now you might be thinking, <laughs> maybe based on your characterization of Cassie kills a bug and feels bad. That certainly is mm-hmm. a that certainly is a simplification that uh, puts this all into a light that could perhaps be perceived as a bit silly. <laughs> yeah, it's not treated as silly. And I will say I I pretty much bought into this section of the book. I this was the yeah. first part of the book where honestly I like woke up and oh something interesting is happening. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I it's it's kind of this fascinating political assassination thriller of mm-hmm. of you know it feels like the movie Valkyrie with Tom Cruise or something we have it's like we have to put together a secret plot to take out the queen it yeah. now plays out very quickly so it's kind of hard to really take it all in and appreciate that but i i do think it's a fascinating part of the book and i i think it's pretty safe to say for me it's the best part of the book Oh yeah, I mean this this part is very enjoyable. Uh there's a lot of weird things about how the queen work well works here that I do remember as a little dumbass kid like kind of picking apart and being like, "I don't know that like what's going on with that." <laughs> like um like it makes sense that they're being like chemically controlled, but there's stuff like, "Oh, I killed the queen and then all of a sudden everyone is released from their chemical control." Like even when they aren't around her, it, it feels like the queen has this almost like psychic presence <laughs> yeah. in some way. In addition to that, like she's 
she's treated uh kind of as like godlike uh by cassie and this and by all the other animals who are not there because you know cassie's got orders to help the queen but the other ones have orders to go off and do other stuff right um you know C- cassie describes her as like vast and huge beyond belief uh you know impossible to refuse she's like this is her world and we are her slaves um there were parts where this actually legit felt a little bit fetishy and i i wonder if any freaks got like weird lesbian bug slave fetishes from reading this as a kid right (laughs) cassie's like my body is weak and pathetic and belongs to her yeah I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this isn't where I got mine, but I could see uh-huh. that. <laughs> okay, okay. It, it's also, it's not it's not just that she kills the queen. She bites its head off, basically. Yes. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. She bites her head extremely off. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And and Cassie's response kind of sells it, too. Like, you, you could be like, she killed a bug, and then it's a, but what, and she feels bad, but like, in addition to just being like, she didn't just kill a bug, she also doesn't just feel bad. Like, when she comes to, she is, like, screaming and flailing around. She's, like, immediately going over to hug Rachel and then, like, shoving in her or off of her and being like, don't touch me! Like, she is, like, out completely out of control. Full-on actual panic attack. Yeah. Like, to the point where where Rachel is, like, holding her and stroking her hair to calm her down. And I, and I, I get it. I, I don't blame her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. This is the appropriate response to being involved in a situation this unsettling. Yeah. It's, uh, it's dark. It's weird and dark and fucked up. Just what I like. For sure. I think, th- I don't know if this maybe to me is worse than the ants. Hmm. But I, I don't, maybe it's just recency bias. <laughs> yeah, hard to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it, nothing is going to really top the ants. But there's a lot of stuff that, that could, depending on who you personally are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do have to wonder... Um, when they morph ants and they have their total ego obliteration, and when they morph termites, they just have blank nothing. Why Why is the termite blank nothing? How is that different from them not being? Like, like the termite nothing allows them to have control until they have the chemicals. The ant nothing is a total nothing. Like, is that an inherent difference between the ants and the termites? Or do they... Um, like they've they've experienced the ant before, so that section can't overwhelm them or something. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. Clearly it's hard to say how much of this K Applegate, you know, researched versus had yeah. to kind of embellish to make psychic termites. <laughs> yeah. I think I think most of it is embellished. But I do think the like eating the pulp stuff is is real. Or maybe not. I get the sense reading a lot of these it feels to me like this based on, oh, this is kind of what scientists maybe have projected or imagined yeah. it might be feel like to be a termite. And maybe this is just how they're processing it, mm-hmm. it, it like for, through their human brains. But like, like they're, they're right. coming up with, oh, it's like a psychic voice, but it's really just like this yeah. instinct or something. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know enough about how termites work. I do know that with ants, though, they, they work a lot like this. Like, they leave pheromone trails whenever they go anywhere, and then the pheromone trails tell them what to do. So they sort of, like, form this, like, consensus by oh, group yeah. on what to do, where, like, they'll, like, when they don't know what they're doing, they'll leave these trails that say, I don't know what I'm doing. And then <laughs> when they find food, they'll start leaving trails that say, ah, I have food. And then what they'll do when, when they're doing this is they'll try to follow the don't know what I'm doing trails from places of lower density to higher density, which will bring them back to the nest. And then the other ants, when they find an I have food trail, will say, ah, let's follow that trail. But if you just put a bunch of ants down somewhere with nothing, they, they behave exactly like particles in Brownian motion until, you know. Yeah. I know it's exciting. Oh, what? What? What's <laughs> Yeah. Do you ever have? But the point well, is, it's a lot like what they're describing termites doing. Right. Here. Yeah. 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 Do you ever have ants in your in your house? Oh yeah. It's, it's the worst because that's because why mm-hmm. you said you you kill one, but they keep following the same trail. So it's yeah. like that's why it's so hard to get rid of them because they're like I I it keeps I keep being told to come back here. <laughs> you're like, yeah. and they're very efficient too. Like if you just try moving stuff around. Uh, that absolutely will work that they'll go to the place where it was and realize it wasn't there, but then they will find it within like half a day or something. Fucking monsters. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right. So, okay. So termites are fucked up. They get out of it. He goes on the computer. Yeah. Uh, is there anything about this computer? Oh, we the the your, the lumber company is called Dapson Lumber Company, uh, and we find out that Dapson is some kind of rude Yerkish word. So Axe thinks this is funny, but he doesn't tell us. Yeah, like is it shit lumber company? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I want to know what it means. <laughs> the fucking lumber company, <laughs> Dapson sounds like a noun. Dapson, yeah, Dapson. It is. It is interesting to know that these Yerks have a sense of humor about these things. <laughs> Yeah. Like, do you think the pendejo was this, was this Visser Three's idea, or is he like kind of annoyed? Like, oh my god, these stupid fucking underlings <laughs> with their dumb inside jokes. We're trying to take over a That's planet here. <laughs> a good question. <laughs> He's probably like, why didn't they use an Andalite swear word? <laughs> yeah, but this is when we learn about Farand. <laughs> oh yes, it is when we learned about uh, learn about Farand. Uh, he's uh. Basically, there's like this commission who's going to give them permission to go logging here. And uh, one of the guys has already voted yes, and he's clearly a controller. One of the guys has already voted no, and they've got this this third guy who is undecided, and he's going to come up and and look at what they're doing. So obviously they're going to infest this guy or something. So that's that's what the Animorphs are going to have to do, is they're going to have to do something about this Farand guy to make sure he doesn't give them permission to go logging. Yep. Um, but that that's not going to happen for a while. Uh, in, in fact, I'll we'll just say right now, enough. they're not even going to get to the planning stage. <laughs> like, the, they're going to be like, okay, we got a plan for this. Oops, I guess it's already happening. <laughs> like, we just don't deal with that part. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, we don't. They... Uh, yeah. Some other people get to, <laughs> in a way. I guess. <laughs> well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but after after all the termite thing, Cassie is having like this existential crisis about like the ubiquity of war and killing and death throughout nature, and how does she square that with her 
love of nature and herself, whatever. And she finds comfort in the idea of, I said I was going to help those skunk babies. I'm going to go do that. That's, I guess, what she needs to do to feel catharsis and heal. So she decides to go ahead out and find them. And uh, she meets up with Tobias, who uh, heard about her freakout in the place. Um, and Tobias uh, knows where these skunk kits are, and he's going <laughs> to help her take care of them. And uh, it's not, they don't, I don't think they literally explicitly say he did it, but he did, and Cassie knows it, and she is pissed. Tobias ate one of these kits. He sure did. <laughs> he ate one, and she is not happy about it, and it's makes things even harder for her. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cassie and Tobias, there's some real tension there. Yeah, but uh, at any rate, Cassie, Cassie goes out uh, and turns into a skunk to raise these kits and not um, just any skunk their actual mom their actual mom she turns into their actual mom and she um she's like there like suckling them and she falls asleep and she almost gets trapped in skunk morph and jake is um pissed like he shows up with like 10 minutes to to spare and is like banging on the burrow like cassie get the fuck up um so they have like a big argument about like we're not supposed to be out here taking care of these skunks but she is not going to stop taking care of the skunks so uh they jake's like fine i guess we're all working together to take care of these skunks so all the animorphs come together in shifts to save the skunks <laughs> we three th 300 yards from the york base they say <laughs> uh is where they're doing this they're morphing into this skunk and doing shifts uh, and this is also the section where at one point Cassie is taking these skunks out on a, um, like on a walk just to teach them about the outside world. And Jake's dog, Homer, uh, comes up and barks at her and she sprays him, which is what you had referred to earlier. Yeah. yeah. Those dogs, they don't know. They get, they they don't get know. sprayed because they're stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a lot. Here, because most of what's happening here is just either her describing being a skunk or her having conversations with the other Animorphs or herself about she's like trying to walk circles around the morality of her life and life <laughs> in general. Like she doesn't really know like how to be, I guess. Now this was, I, I will say, f finally I was like, I can finally relate to Cassie now that she's disillusioned about the nature of the universe <laughs> and herself. <laughs> this is this is the Cassie I can get behind, I can understand, and I can root for. Is the mm. one who says things like, uh, the color of nature wasn't green, it was red, blood red. Yeah. <laughs> All this it, this reminded me of uh, uh book five, The Stranger, a little bit. With all the existential, yeah. you know, inner moral. Oh, sorry, right, that was the. I I always forget. Right, that was the first the stranger I read, not the not the animorphs the stranger. But yeah, it. Did. Oh, I, I actually think it did remind me of the stranger. <laughs> sure. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Both apply. Both apply. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I was yeah. so I was like, this is great. I I I, I like the side of Cassie where she's <laughs> where her soul has been crushed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of the stranger, um, you know, Cassie has this whole thing where she's struggling because she's kind of framing uh, us in this natural cycle as like, well, we're another animal. And 
you know, we're like another prey animal getting slaughtered here um, by by the Yerks or whatever. And, uh, you know, if I'm okay with Tobias killing these kits, you know, uh, like, how do I, why do I get to say we always get to win, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, there's like a whole... I, I feel like she, she comes back to the termites here and she says, you know, I, listen, I shouldn't have been in there. That was their whole world. I come in, I invaded it, I destroyed it, and I say it's okay because I'm a human and they're just bugs. And like, who the hell am I to say something like that? It did remind me of The Stranger a lot because, um, you know, it's very easy to say, well, the fact of the matter is they are just bugs, human humans are so much more advanced and, and intelligent and there's so much more going on with us, uh, that like, you can't compare the two, but you could make that same argument with like the Elemist, right? Like if the Elemist comes into our world and blows up the whole thing, like who cares, right? He exists on such a higher, uh, level than the, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what we think and, and feel and do. Um, so I thought there were some parallels there. God, it's so, it's so crazy being immersed in the world of baby skunk care and then just remembering that the Elemist exists. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the juxtaposition of the, <laughs> it's just it's very, they really go all over the place in these books. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, that's, that's a good uh, observation. And I, I, all that stuff is very interesting. And I, 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 I like that, them confronting that idea that, and and like that, it did. It's you know, it sold me on. It wasn't just, oh, I feel bad that I'm a dolphin now or whatever. I was like, I yeah. get it. I understand completely why this would affect her and why this is this is this is a philosophical debate worth having. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Cassie's like real point, which she she says in one of the later chapters where she's just having a conversation that I included in this section that you got mad mm. about. Mm. But she she says, mm. like, uh, <laughs> mm. you know, you do, okay, fine, right? We're humans. We got to look out for ourselves. You know, at the end of the day, you can't just say, okay, well, what about all those other, because, like, what about us? Um, but, like, you do what you got to do what in order to survive. Us? Fine. If that's true, though, then the Yerks feel the same way. And if that's true, then how are we better than the Yerks? And I feel like this is really what Cassie is circling around is like, how can I say that I am not an evil person? And she, the answer is she doesn't have an answer to that question. And that's really uh, hurting her. And this is gonna, this is the foundation of her like moral conundrum for the rest of the series is how can I say that I'm not an evil person? She doesn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ba- basically, Cassie put like, She's kind of put a lot of stock in her personality being I'm a good person who helps animals. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you could think of it as very selfish, right? A, 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 yeah, you know, I don't know, selfish, I guess yeah. selfish, I I mean, maybe a better word is I don't I mean, I said narcissistic earlier uh, or arrogant mm-hmm. maybe, not even not no arrogant not really, but yeah, it's it is certainly she's she's in some ways maybe more concerned with her own you know being able to sleep at night versus everything else but yeah. you know again she is 13 years old <laughs> yeah so and 
And I love that the series recognizes this because it does come up a bit in this book, but it will continue to come up that other characters will call her out for saying, like, isn't this a selfish way to be? That, like, listen, you, what's got to get done has got to get done. But then at the same time, the series always comes kind of back and says, like, Cassie does have a point, though. You can't just be evil and say, well, you know what? Look out for number one. Go fuck yourself. Um, like, that there isn't... There isn't a good answer to this, and you and it's there is no good or bad here. That's that easy. Um, like because Jake says here, I, I alluded to this earlier um, in the intro. He says, you know, Cassie, this isn't about some abstract race called humans, right? Where you're like, well, you know, the humans or the termites versus the your. This is about my brother, right? Like, I have a brother, okay? And right. you're not condemning this abstract race of humans to die. You're condemning my brother, or be enslaved. You're condemning my brother personally, right? And uh, this, I guess this is what you were saying about, like, Cassie's thing being more ephemeral and their things being more specific. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, yeah, like, this, this is definitely her thing now, <laughs> I think, as you yeah. said. But yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's very abstract. It's it's hard to really uh, pin it down to it, – it's hard to like – it's about her wrestling within herself, but how do you solve – there's not really a way to solve that versus, oh, get yeah. the yerk out of my brother's head. We, we did it. Yeah. Which I guess in some ways makes it more interesting. I mean it's – there's more to chew on there. Yeah, that is a good point is that there's no – there's no just like obvious solution to Cassie's problem, <laughs> no. right? There's no there's no outcome to this series where Cassie's problem is just solved <laughs> the way that you're saying for get the get the yerk out of my brother's head, get the yerk out of my mom's head, uh, figure out how to get Tobias th- right. back to a human. Is he even happy doing that? I don't know. But you, you could find a place where he was. Uh, Cassie here, you have to somehow talk about ethics and there's no real answer for that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot, it's a much larger issue that is, I could see why, especially for kids reading this, it would be much harder Uh for them to get behind this character because it's a much headier, more cerebral perspective. It's it's not as fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's not as fun. Yeah, I mean, when I was eight, I was very much on the "you killed a bug, boo hoo." Like, I get it, you're freaked out, but like, like Cassie, <laughs> it's fine. I step on bugs all the time. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. Another another issue with Cassie here is she for breakfast has a piece of toast and a piece of pizza. That's a lot of carbs, Cass. That's a good point. Just saying. Yeah, you don't you don't need all you that. You don't need all that. That's true. So I loved Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. I, yeah, I mean, you can do it. I was just going to I figured this was the time to bring up all the like random junk here. Sure. I mean, basically what uh, I was just going to say was that yeah. I, uh, I I I had a lot of thoughts about what we just discussed and then there was 40 pages of skunks that I could have skipped. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the stuff with the skunks, like this is just peppered in there where it'll be like, and then she thinks about it again. But mostly she's walking around uh, being a skunk. Um, Now, now, uh, Marco, I I like Marco's reaction to this whole section, actually, because um, when Jake is like freaking out at Cassie and he's pissed, Marco is like being completely reasonable and not joking around at all. He's like, 
hey, Jake, it's cool, whatever. And then as soon as Jake cools off, he's, like, making gagging noises about how Cassie and Jake are being sweet with each other. He's, like, back to his old... Like, he can turn it on and off, and I like that. I also like how when they first say they're going to save the skunks, he's like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. The skunks really skunks save the skunks. Uh, But then after they start taking care of them, he's like, yeah, you know, I've named them Joey, Johnny, Marky, and CJ after the Ramones, and we need, you know, nobody's going to mess with our skunks. He's into it. He loves these skunks now. Yeah, it's pretty good. That part's pretty good. It also kind of reminds me of you. I don't get like see how. I don't know. I could see you being like, this is a dumb thing. But then as soon as you get into it, you get really attached to like the cute animal or well, something. Well, what can I say? I'm a, we, it's been established. I'm a Marco. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's yeah. True. Yeah. All, all that is. Yeah. There's, there's, there, there, that's fun. That's fun. I mean, I personally kind of was thinking I might be interested to know how they managed to, um, to hack into this computer and find the guy, but you know, skunk babysitting. I'm glad we got to we got to say with Cassie and babysit skunks. Yeah. So sure, I I like that they set up that there's going to be more computers. So like Axe doesn't just find out; he says like I've installed a backdoor so we can look at more info about this guy like from our home computer too. Um, but that doesn't really happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All right, let's get to the. Let's get to the shit. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the climax of the book happens here. Um, they're, so they thought that they had until the weekend for this Ferrand, Ferrand, whatever guy to show up. Uh, but they what found out. What a weird out, name. Is oh, that a reference to something? Because it's like, I, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> like, Yeah. I have no clue. Fair, I Fair, don't know what Ferrand. it is. It's just, I, you know, I would think in a book series for teenagers, you would just name him like some, a name that was common or something. I mean, not that it's like Tobias. Yeah, like Tobias. It's not like <laughs> so weird a name. It's not like, oh, it's it's not like Escaruth or whatever. But it, but it's just, it, it's the same thing with what was the other, the circus owner who was, was like, something oh joseph Joseph. Joseph. yeah it's just just, what are these weird little they're just like so close to just being a name i can say in my head but they're not quite i don't know how i'm supposed to say them i don't know i guess it's just like real life (laughs) yeah uh i mean you don't have to k applegate really likes to contribute to that problem where like weird nerdy shut-ins know a bunch of words but can't pronounce any of them because they read too much but never talk to anybody (laughs) she does all right carry on but yeah uh, they thought they had till the weekend for him to show up uh but it turns out that he's coming right now within the hour so i guess we don't need to learn anything about him because we don't have time we have to go over and uh and deal with him and uh they also noticed that the yurks are already logging uh before he even gets there so clearly they're just going to infest this guy as soon as he shows up, right? That They were wondering maybe they'll try to convince him or something so they don't have to bother. No, no, they're just going to infest this guy. Yeah. So the animals are like, well, fine, I guess we'll just uh, snag him so they can't infest him. And uh, in the meantime, we got to slow down these machines, you know, to keep the skunks from getting hurt. Um, <laughs> anyway, they, they, they're there, but... Visser 3 is here, and he's here in human morph. <gasps> I think this is the first time we've... Or, no, we saw him at a, a sharing It's the meeting, first time the whole group has seen him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But uh, anyway, just as Farrand is about to be taken, uh, they all attack, all hell breaks loose, all these stuff. Cassie is a bird at this point, and she gets shot out of the sky, uh, at, like, boom, knocked unconscious on the ground. Um, so all, all hell is breaking loose outside, and Cassie wakes up in a box uh, with Farrand. They're both trapped in this box, and the, the Animorphs are, like, losing outside or something. Uh, so Cassie, in the box, calls out in thought speak to Visser 3 and is like, I'm going to kill the human if you don't, you know, you, you need to, to stop because I will kill this human and then you'll be fucked. <laughs> um, ballsy move on her part. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, Yerks, they like open the box, weapons drawn, but Cassie has not morphed a wolf. Oh, no. She's morphed a skunk, and she sprays all the hork and she sprays Visser 3, and they're all skunked up now. So uh, they're having a standoff, and they make a bargain with Visser 3. We'll tell you how to destentify yourself if you uh, just leave. <laughs> and, uh, and that's and how it, it ends. Visser 3 is like, fine, fuck it. I guess I guess we're doing. I, there's a great line where Axe says, "Like, listen, Visser Three, we both know how impossible it is to remove a smell once it gets into a spacecraft. <laughs> it's very good." <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, this is this is kind of your standard climactic action scene, more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I was wondering about the the logistics of this. The, they they only need three people to okay the destruction of this entire forest. Is that is that standard? Is that a normal? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, like, what is up with this? Com- and what is up with the guy on the commission who isn't sure yet? He doesn't know <laughs> he's, if they're gonna if he's, he's gonna. Okay he's the, the guy who doesn't know who he's voting for yet, right? He's the <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ken, Ken Bo. Ken Bo. Yeah. Ken I wasn't Bone. even thinking of a specific guy, but yeah, he's Kenneth Bone. <laughs> Yeah, so... That's how I'm picturing it. Yeah, it's just, again, it's strange that any of that was introduced into this world. It's, it's, I don't, I find it odd that that's the, kind of the centerpiece of this book and also not relevant at all in some ways. (laughs) Yeah, it just doesn't matter. I mean, this is part of the problem with me remembering all these things, but not what book they came from, is, is that I'll just, it's like... Yeah, the plot of this book doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of, I, like, I remember this, and I'm like, yeah, Cassie Morph's a skunk. Is that in the one where she sprays Visser 3? Probably they're the same one. Was Which book was that? Well, I know it's not 14, because some stuff happens. I know it's not 19, because some stuff happens. After that, it gets too late. Must be 9, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Your brain uh, works in very special ways. Uh, I did really, I do like Tobias and Cassie as a team together. I think they're a very interesting pair. And this, I mean, this is sort of, uh, building off of what we were talking about in the last section, but mm-hmm. th- there's a part where to, mm-hmm. you know she, Tobias says, "Would it be better if I let you do my killing for me? Is it more moral if I eat a frozen mouse you get from some supplier, you know, than if I do my own hunting?" And again, yeah. it, it, it kind of reiterating those themes, but I I did really like that the dichotomy of the the two of them, the predator and the protector of animals, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's nice. Um, and I also do like that Cassie apologizes to him because when she first talks about him, uh, uh, or when she first finds out he killed a skunk, she is like pissed and she's treating him all cold. Like I like that yeah. she turns around and apologizes. But I also like that Tobias doesn't 
doesn't give an easy answer and say, well, you know, I'm a predator. I have to kill. He's like, no, I don't have to. I don't have to kill. You could free, feed me random chunks or whatever, but I'm not going to do that. You know, <laughs> I'm going to go hunt. like I'm going to hunt. That's who I am. Yeah, uh, it does actually kind of remind, you know, it's it's like with me where it's just like, <laughs> you know, is it moral to eat meat? I don't know, but I'm gonna <laughs> like I don't need to. I'm going to yeah. do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, we are a lot like red-tailed hawks in that way yeah yeah that's true now i that's don't true. know how nobody was look, looking in this box when cassie morphs into a human and then a skunk they really like to put them in <laughs> opaque boxes and not look at them like you think that he's always like be careful when you open it because they could be a bug if it was transparent you could tell if they turned into a bug yeah, and can't they, doing it. they all they elaborated on this uh technology that literally serves that function to make the walls transparent or not. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's, and also it, it must've taken her, according to what we know, at least like five minutes to morph back to human and then into a skunk. Yeah. Yeah. They easily could have, could have seen it all happen. Uh, Oh, I like that when they're like, oh, we, we, we know we have the superior and like chemical tech to tell you how to destensify yourself. One of Visser 3's human controllers says, oh, hey, Visser, my, my guy knows how to, how to do that actually. And Visser 3's like, shut up. I don't want to listen to you. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of an Andalite chauvinist type guy. Yeah. He's funny. He is very funny. (laughs) Now let's, okay, let's, let's talk about this. (laughs) Yes. They win by spraying everyone with the skunk and yeah. and they agree to stop so that they can de-smell <laughs> themselves. Yes. They make a deal with them. Yes. Now, I first I will just say I did I, I found this section very funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I laughed out loud. I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was very funny when the Hork say Huruntgahal stink R <laughs> uh, and reeking Fernalgahal. Uh, it's funny mm-hmm. that they are just as affected by the skunk smell. That's how bad it is. That's very <laughs> it's very funny. However, it is good. <laughs> we are really running a risk here of turning Visser Three into Team Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah that's true they really if they're willing to compromise on this they they have now really become so much more goofy and potentially non-threatening in in demeanor compared to every other time we've seen them it feels like it's very funny in the moment but it's uh in the long term i feel like this probably should not have happened. I feel like this is damaging to the overall danger of these books. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree that this is a running problem with Visser 3, where they kind of want to have it both ways, where sometimes he's this terrifying monster, and sometimes he's this dumb uh, villain of the week joke character. And mm. it, it really, I, I do think this is a problem. It should. <laughs> it would be very easy, I feel, to just make it, have Visser three delegate if this yeah. if all of the people working under him are dumb and he's just not there then I can accept it. Yeah, you could have written some more henchmen for him here. Yeah, 
Now, I have a note in here that says, like, is this the first, quote, stupid, unquote, book? Because I, <laughs> I think there are a lot, as we go on, there are going to be more and more books that you'll be like, this is a stupid book. This is not a serious book. This is a silly, dumb joke book. And, like, those are fun, too, but they're not necessarily, yeah. Uh, most of this book is not that. Most of this book is is Cassie struggling with ethical concerns. But the ending here, the main plot, the Visser 3 gets sprayed by a skunk, ha ha. It, the, the main plot's just a setup and punchline, basically. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe do you want to just run through the end and before we... Oh, yeah, yeah, because there's another punchline here. Um, at, at the very end, you know, the skunks get their mom back, woo. Uh, Ferrand is okay, and he's not infested, and he's not gonna let them go logging, and we find out that they lied to Visser 3, they told him it was grape juice, not tomato juice, hee-haw, <laughs> so he's soaking in the tomato, in the grape juice and turning purple, but he doesn't de-smell. <laughs> Which, again, it is very funny. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, you know what? I am uh, going to say, uh, Visser 3 held up his end of the bargain here, <laughs> he really you got assholes. Did. Like, he didn't, he didn't even, like, he could have gone and re- re-infested Ferrand when he's, like, in the hospital afterwards. They check and he doesn't. He's a, these guys, they suck. What a bunch of dicks. Yeah, I could have just told him. This could have been, this is the thing now that he's like, you know, I was, I was, maybe a part of me was reconsidering my thoughts about the Andalites, but... <laughs> <laughs> After this, fuck them. They're dead to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I so there's also a, a kind of they try to wrap up Cassie's uh, moral quandary when Jake says at the end, "I know one thing: all the animals take care of themselves, but only one animal has the intelligence and the power to help save all the other species." Cassie says, "You're pretty smart sometimes, Jake." I don't, I don't, I don't know about this. This feels like a little, uh, like Ayn Rand kind of, uh, like the most, mm. <laughs> it's the responsibility of the best people to, <laughs> to take care of the weaklings. I, I don't know. It, I don't know. It just didn't feel like the, quite the way I think the lesson should be characterized from this book. I do. I do agree with that. I, I think that you want this to read more like with great power comes great responsibility. Like, because we have the capacity to control the entire environment and, and protect or destroy. We have to use it responsibly. It's like our duty in that sense, mm. rather than just like, Oh, we are the protectors. We are the, be- we are the one species with the power to do it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Which feels like it goes against some of Cassie's issues, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, it would be good if instead of humans being like, let's look out for number one, how can we maximize our own survival rates? If we did think of ourselves more as, as like guides and protectors, like if we, but, but more like that than like, you know, the saviors. If we were yes. more like, you know, whales are pretty smart. What if we guided them to being, uh, like we went in there and actually tried to interact with them as like a society and like have equal societies or something like that, or like take care of like the elephant environment until they can evolve into an equal or something like this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the prime directive kind of. <laughs> yeah, sure, the prime directive kind of. Why not? Uh, okay, now the book as a whole, I suppose, as you said, is this a stupid book? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is definitely. Especially in the first half, 
I feel like there was way more filler in this than any other book. Even Megamorphs. There was Mm. so many scenes of stuff that we have pretty much seen before in slightly different ways of that was just what it feels like to morph and what it is to be this thing now and what are going to the barn and having a plan. This really felt to me like the first filler book. And I, I suppose, it, you know, the Cassie stuff is pretty important, but it's also, as you said, kind of just reemphasizing things we already knew. Maybe doing it a little better here than other times, but it so much of this book just felt like this is almost what I a lot of times expected more of these to be like, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and and every book seems to surprise me by just out of nowhere being like, oh, there's actually a really important plot development. This almost feels like the first book that did not have that. <laughs> it was just it was just a little adventure, basically. It, even it feels to me even less important than than Megamorphs. Like I I feel like this is less essential. <laughs> but hmm. in terms of at least like the plot, like I don't know, or like I don't know Fair. the stuff with like Rachel's amnesia. And the Valik to me was more felt more uh, dramatic and more important than this. Just everything in this really just feels like uh, I I don't I don't I don't need to know this about these skunks. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I I think we're starting to enter into the era of animorphs where some of the books are this kind of filler, and some of the books are incredibly important. And some of the books feel like they should be incredibly important, but they're actually just filler. Uh, and and it, I, I feel like you're going to be surprised by a lot of books out of nowhere in this upcoming stretch. You're going to be like, I thought maybe this would be another dumb book, but nope, it was crazy. Or uh, I thought this was going to be another dumb book, but nope, it was crazy. But wait, does this ever come up again? Oh, it doesn't? Oh, huh. Or uh, or like, oh, well, this was, you know, I kept expecting something to happen and then it didn't. Um we're going to get into that stretch here. And and to be fair, some of my favorite books are dumb filler books that don't matter. Sure. Because they will, some of them are great. But I, I do agree with you. I mean, part of me not remembering which exact things happened in this exact book all the time comes from that point. Uh, you know, they did this at some point, but when was that? I don't know. Um, I do think this book is more important to the series as a whole, uh, not because of any of the things that happen in it, but because of how much of, of what, what's going on with Cassie as a character is established here. If they yeah. didn't have character-specific books, they could have spread that out through all the books, and we wouldn't need this one. Like, if you were yes. adapting it, you could probably just cut this story entirely, unless you wanted the skunk episode because it was funny. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I felt that a, a lot in this book that, like, again... The part where she's taking care of skunks for a long time, I feel like I just needed a cut to adventures of Tobias and Axe hacking computers. Like mm-hmm. I, you could have, I think you could have made this book so much better if you didn't have to all only be in Cassie's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. but, but you know, that's, that's the gimmick and they're stuck with it. Yeah, but I, and, and again, like you said, like that, there's like 30% of this book that I think is great. Yeah. Yeah, but I, oh, by and large, it's definitely e- easily my least favorite so far of the series. 
Yeah, I don't know that that's true for me because I I like the parts that I like so much. Mm. Um, but but yeah, it's it's one of the lower ones for sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll 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 see how we at some point we we're we'll probably go back and uh, say like, oh, what's like a ranking of these or oh, something man. like that. We but... should make tier lists. <laughs> Ooh, that's a smart idea. That sounds good. Uh, one thing that this book made me think about, um. Or maybe the response to Cassie by by readers made me think about is um because people people did do get very upset with Cassie like Marco gets very upset with Cassie, uh and some readers get very upset with Cassie, and it, it makes me kind of wonder like, um, why is it so infuriating to be wrong or inconsistent or not be sure where you stand with regard to ethics? as opposed to with, like, facts. Like, because if the Animorphs are just trying to figure something out and one character's just dumb, you know, there's going to be some nitpicky nerds, like, that doesn't make sense. But nobody's really holding it against them. But if one character's like, I feel like ethically there's this, but then they themselves are hypocritical, right? Cassie the hypocrite. She she feels bad about uh, killing a bug, but then she goes and kills Hork. Like, that really <laughs> makes people mad. And, uh... I don't know. I was wondering if it has something to do with the fact that there's like an inherent mandate to ethics in some sense. Like if I disagree with you on the facts, then you're just wrong. But if I disagree with you on ethics, then you're telling me that I'm a bad person who lives my life wrong. Mm. I don't know that Cassie's doing that in these books. I feel like Cassie is is very much coming from a position of I don't know what I should do. And maybe you shouldn't be so certain about what you should do either. But I feel like that's the strongest mandate she has. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, it's maybe hard to separate that out because when you're in her head for 200 pages, uh-huh. like you you just have her <laughs> talking about it so much <laughs> that you can just it feels. I I think I think you're probably on to something with the fact that you might feel like you're being judged. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for your choices in that regard, and may, maybe it's also you know. Maybe a little sexism. <laughs> for, for me, it is. For me, it is. Okay, that makes sense. Um, a lot of this, it's funny, does reflect it. Like it's similar to debates about about vegetarianism, and I do keep coming back to the fact that I swear Cassie eats burgers later in this series, and that just seems so <laughs> out of like she. You would think that if she has all these ethical debates here, it at some point it should come back to her being a vegetarian or something. They did specify Maybe, that she ate a slice of veggie pizza. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she is. I think we had this but conversation I swear she earlier. Eats a burger. I thought. Yeah. I think there was. I I think there was an earlier book where we talked about her eating meat. Maybe there is a specific instance where I swear she eats a burger, but I could be wrong, and I am going to be hawk-eyed for it. I'm going to be Tobias-eyed for it. Oh, okay. When it shows up, I thought you were talking about. Uh, uh I can't remember his fucking name. <laughs> Oh, the uh, uh, Clint. Yeah, that's right, Clint Barton. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, You're welcome. <laughs> uh, let's. I don't know. Do you want to do this email? Yeah, I want to hear this email. All right, now time for our the sharing section. Yeah, the sharing this, where we share what you said. This email's from Greg. <laughs> oh, I told you not to get excited. What a loser. 
<laughs> Greg's the guy we know in real life, so I don't care about him. The subject line is ca- I do. commas. Greg writes, In the Megamorphs 1 episode, you said that the smaller than a comma on this page remark is evidence that the narration has been published in-universe. But is it possible that the text had been handwritten or printed out without ever being made available to the broader public? Stop and think about that. Mm. So, like, this is their diaries or something. Yeah, which I feel like we kind of floated that possibility. Um, and I guess that has to be, for me, that has to be the the headcan. Except, except here's the problem. Like, then if that's true, why all this business about I can't tell you who I am or where I live? If true, if your true. plan is not to release this to the public, like that, the only reason that exists is if this is in bookstores now. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it does. I mean, if you have a diary, that's a security risk. Like they shouldn't be keeping diaries of this shit. Because what if somebody? <laughs> find, maybe that's the the idea is that if somebody finds this diary, but they don't find it in my room because I accidentally left it on the bus, <laughs> then they won't know who it belongs to. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how this happens. It's also the fact that it would be one thing if it was like just Jake writes all the books. And then maybe yeah. I could buy like – but the fact that each of them in this hypothetical is keeping their own diary. And what did they all get together to discuss like the syntax of we should probably start all of them with our names and that we can't tell anything about ourselves, right? Yeah, let's establish a pattern for that. <laughs> they all had to sit down. It's okay to keep a diary so long as <laughs> – like it's now, uh, Cassie. I feel like you went through some shit with the skunks this week. So why don't you write about this one? You, you, yeah, you I don't really one. care about what happened this week. <laughs> Rachel's diary entry just says Cassie had a fucking meltdown. <laughs> oh, Marcos. Marcos said something about Cassie. Or that's what he would be in his diary. What did he say? He he he. Uh, oh, it's good. We finally found out that she's crazy too. That part? Oh, I was thinking where where uh, Tobias says that that Marco said that she was insane, Looney Tunes, and wacko, but in the nicest way possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's like a shared journal, and they just have a rotation. Like it's your turn to write this week. It's a little activity they have together. It yeah, all seems is, uh... very uh, misguided on their part. But uh, thanks, Greg, for the email. If anyone wants yeah, to email thanks, us, Greg. you can email us at theyerkyboys at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show. But we still didn't get yeah. to pop culture references. so No, we didn't. I, I, I just want to say, you know what, Greg, for all of my uh, being like, yeah, thanks. I, I love that you're listening to us. Yeah. Keep doing it. Thank you. Oh, wow. And everybody else who's listening to us, I love you too. And please write us and we will read it. I would say that to everyone but to Greg. I would say fuck you. Okay. <laughs> All right, pop culture references. Uh, we have yeah. reference to guys the size of Godzilla when they're uh, in rat form. Oh, I didn't even remember that one. Yeah, we got another Godzilla ref. Uh, of course, of course, Rachel mentions Banana Republic and Express when she's making fun of mm-hmm. Cassie's outfit. <laughs> we get a couple of references to, to Rachel being like Xena Warrior Princess, mm-hmm. only without the leather. Um, uh, we also have say that Rachel could walk through the mosh pit at Lollapalooza and come out looking like one of those models in Glamour. Mm, it's Lollapalooza and Glamour. Yeah, double whammy. Boom. Uh, um, another another joke about uh fashion being part of the Ralph Lauren animal poop collection. 
So <laughs> that's a good joke. Pretty funny. Multiple discussions between Marco and Jake about whether or not Batman could beat Spider-Man, which I feel like has already happened in other books. I think that's been used I, before. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think that Jake is uh, right in this argument. I don't whose side is who on. I, I uh, unless I've messed it up, I think I think Jake says that Batman would win because Spider-Man's webs wouldn't stick to Batman's body armor. As as usual with these things, it depends on who's writing the comic. <laughs> but uh, that's fair. <laughs> I I probably Batman would win, but I think it's I think it's close. Okay. If there was, I a, hope I didn't mix up who said what. If there was a hyphen, well, some maybe Greg will let you know. Oh, that's true. Um, uh, somebody I think it's Marco says I was spam back there. Spam reference. Oh, there's a reference to Wolfman, too, I've got before Spam. I wasn't sure if that was a reference or if he was just saying, like, I'm like a Wolfman, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Cassie is like Wolf Girl or something. But, yeah, the Wolf Couple, they say together. So the Wolf Couple. So it's good yeah. that you – it's good to note. Yeah. Uh, but Spam. Marco talks about that it wasn't to save Bambi – or uh, whatever. Yeah. He, why they're why they're animorphs? Yeah. It wasn't. Now this one, I wasn't sure if it was a reference. They they refer to the uh like logging headquarters. Mm-hmm. He calls it the Fortress of Doom, mm-hmm. and I believe it's capitalized. And I think it is too. I looked this up, and there is a Fortress of Doom in the Doom games, and we do know that they love to play Doom. However. I, and I didn't dig too deep into it. I'm not a Doom connoisseur. I, the only direct uh, appearance of it I could find is in a later Doom game that was definitely not out when these books were written. So, See, I had assumed that this was something that Doctor Doom had that I hadn't heard of before, but was just in the... Interesting. My other theory was that it was just a, a riff on Fortress of Solitude. It's the Fortress of Doom. Yeah, maybe there's a Fortress of Doom that Doctor Doom has. They do like to reference the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Marvel, let's see if there's a... Type and type and type. Doctor Doom has a Castle Doom. I don't see anything about a Fortress of Doom. So... Hmm. Maybe she just got confused. I don't know. Because, I mean, like, Marco would have a... I mean, I guess that's he would reference Doom or the Fantastic Four. Those are both things he would do. Yeah. Anyway, uh, mm. Cassie's mom has yeah, a six know. pack of V eight juice for the yep for skunks in case they get sprayed. Uh, the, the, of course, the mall we reference the limited Banana Republic again, the Gap, and Express again. Uh, now I have a note here. It says. Uh, <laughs> Rachel seems more consistent in her love of shopping than Marco's love of Letterman. Because <laughs> we, like, we stopped Marco's Letterman for a while. We're going to get a Letterman. We're going to get a Letterman. Yeah, you're getting ahead of yourself here. We did We did stop for a while here. Well, that's true. Um, there's, there's a hardly... But Rachel's always at the same stores. Hardly a book that does not mention these five stores at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is a reference to Yahtzee. Uh, the, the quote you said earlier about Looney Tunes... Looney Tunes is capitalized, oh, yeah. so. Right, right. And yes, as you said, uh, Marco describes Cassie as Dr. Doolittle and that animal guy who comes on Letterman all rolled into one. Mm. And this time, Dr. Doolittle, I had it spelled correctly, by the way. Or no, yeah. I think I had it wrong no, wait, in mind. Now I forget which way was right or wrong. No, two O's is wrong. Two O's is wrong. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah it was wrong. Sorry. See, this is why I need the revised editions. I don't, I can't keep track of what's right and wrong. 
Yeah, now we won't know if there was a mistake. I know. Now, I was... I was thinking about this, and I guess I guess he still is watching Letterman because I was starting to wonder if maybe now that his dad has started parenting again, he wouldn't let Marco stay up to watch it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's sneaking it somewhere once in a while. Yeah. Or I mean, he Gotta just he just remembers fix. that animal guy. You know, That's, he comes on yeah. all the time. He might still not. Marco be can turn into a bug. His dad can't stop him from watching Letterman. <laughs> That's right. I think Marco actually mentions in this, my dad thinks I joined a gang because I'm never around it. All right. We referenced the World Almanac and the Olympics. I don't, whatever. Uh, Lean cuisine, frozen mouse entrees is a joke. You already said the Ramones, that the skunks Mm -hmm. are named after. A Jeep. We ref- oh, there's a Jeep. I forgot that a Jeep is. Yes, the uh, the logging guys in a Jeep. And finally, the Horkbajir I have are described as Stegosaurus meets Klingon. So once again, yeah. there's you know more Klingon Star Trek stuff. Lots of Klingon stuff. Now there is one thing I found interesting. I don't know if um, if this is true, but Jake mentions looking up info on the internet at some Whoa. point here. Is this the first mention of the internet in Animorphs? Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I, it must be. I don't remember them looking up any information on the internet before. Wow. Yeah. I threw that in my references. I don't know why I didn't throw that in the uh, section where it happened, but... No, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. The internet, it's becoming a thing. Now, I also had one other question to before we wrap up that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, a, if a, you get sprayed by... Well, I guess clearly it's not true, but I guess I'm sort of wondering about the logistics of this. Yeah. If you get sprayed by a skunk and you morph into something else, couldn't the like the smell stays on you? That's a good question. Here's the other question. Was Visser 3 still in human morph when he got sprayed? I assume he was Andalite. I assumed too. You'd th- Oh wait, I guess he Actually, I don't know. He was human. But he, it would make sense for him to have demorphed because all the shit was going down. Yeah, I'm not really sure, actually. I mean, maybe he wasn't. But but uh, certainly he would have tried that. So presumably in universe, you keep the smell. But the smell is not part of the animal's DNA. Yeah, and it's outside, too. It's like on you. I don't know. Right. And like maybe you could be like, well, the smell particles would remain. But you could, I don't know. I feel like there's a, you could at least get rid of it by running fast away or something. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe the smell stay. I don't know the science here. I just just asking the yeah. questions. Seems like the smells must stay. At least according to these books that they do. But like, yeah. does that mean that every night these kids are coming home and they smell like the forest or a cave or a... <laughs> Or they just smell like, like if you, if you are a, if you morph a, you know, dogs have a smell. If you morph a mm. dog and you morph back, you still smell like a dog. Because <laughs> mm, you let off all your dog stench as a dog. And now. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think that that is true. Like, I don't think that that You happens. think a dog can smell if you, if, uh, if you've morphed from a human into a dog. Like, right. You think they could like if you ran up to another dog, they'd be like, "This dog smells like a human." Yeah, that doesn't seem to or be. Do you the think case. they just think you played with the dog? When they turn into a bug, none of the other bugs are like, "Oh, it's a that's a weird bug." They accept them into the colony immediately, and they have they're all. I mean, about I guess smell. you can handle bugs, and they don't get. I don't know. Yeah, but they don't think you're a bug. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's some inconsistency here and I need the listeners to write in to clear it up for us. Okay. Okay. So if you yeah, could do. email us at the boys at gmail.com or tweet at us at the boys on Twitter. Uh, and you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Quence or listen to my other podcast where I debate things related to the world of geekdom that is called geeks on trial and it's available on all podcast networks or on youtube all right you can <laughs> follow me on twitter at dog times mcgee great yeah thanks everyone for listening tune in next time when we'll be discussing book 10 the android in which marco turns into a spider on the yerky boys by the way i forgive you 